Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank and J.P. Shadrick with you again today is Friday, August 20th. It's week two of the 2021 preseason. The Jaguars face the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football in the Caesars Superdome in the Big Easy. And coming up today, a review of the best of the week on Jaguars.com and Jags Broadcasting, including head coach Urban Meyer and quarterback Trevor Lawrence on the quarterback competition. NBC Sports NFL insider Peter King shares his thoughts on Lawrence and that quarterback room. Plus, passing game coordinator Brian Schottenheimer reviews the first game communication on the coach's headsets. Remember to subscribe to the Jaguars' official podcast network, available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. Give us a comment and a five-star rating. Season tickets, single game tickets, and group tickets. Be a part of the new era of Jaguars football and own it. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Let's start this week with head coach Urban Meyer. He made some adjustments to practice this week, transitioning toward a game week routine. That meant later practices Thursday and Friday. Plus, he shared his thoughts on the quarterback position. Well, we're still under camp rules, which means you have 90 minutes between walkthrough and uh, practice. And then players, you know, the heat uh, hit us pretty good. So we just moved to the walkthrough, combined walkthrough and practice. So I get it. Plus, we're later in the week now. So we're, I was going to cut practice anyway. So I just uh, I met with some of the leaders and what's the best way to do this. Um, so that's why we moved it. But yeah, yesterday was Gainesville hot. Swamp hot. Leadership councils in colleges. How important is it to, to give these guys a voice and to listen to them along some of these lines? Well, it depends who it is. You know, it's uh, you have to earn that right. And you know, quite honestly, if I thought they didn't earn it, then there'd be no voice. We have some really good people here, and I really trust a lot of these veterans, and they've been really helpful uh, to me. We mentioned wanting to get Trevor more reps just now. Um, has it? Have you thought about cutting out the competition and giving him more reps in practice, or are you just talking about game reps as far as preseason? Well, just if he wins it, you know, which that hasn't happened yet. So as soon as that happens, then you give him the one reps, all one reps. What do you need to see from him or Minshew to win the job? Just competition and performance. So you don't have a timeline on when you want to name that guy? I mean, obviously before the first We do. Game, I do in my own mind, but uh, once again, there's uh, th- it's uh, – conversation that the three people are having daily. So it could, in theory, it could go all the way through the third preseason game, right? Well, in theory, it could, but I'd rather not. But yeah. Though Meyer didn't want to share much detail on the situation at quarterback Friday, five minutes after Meyer finished his press conference, Trevor Lawrence started his and said not publicly announcing a starter is just fine with him, and he'll take as many reps as he can get. No, it doesn't bother me. I think that's the way to... Um, to run a team, honestly, you gotta you gotta compete for everyone's jobs. You know, the best player has to play. You gotta compete, and you know, it's a first year player coming in. Um, it's kind of what's expected. You want to compete for the job, and um, there's a right way to do things. I think they've handled it great. Um, we're in a good spot, and we're just gonna keep working. And uh, I'm gonna take advantage of every every opportunity I get. And that's all I can really do. Do you feel like you're getting enough reps in practice to prepare yourself? Yeah, I think we do a good job of managing it. Um, obviously, as a young guy, you want as many as you can, as you can, um, as you can get. Just because every look that you get is something new you're seeing and that you can learn from. So for me, I just want as many as I can get. And we're at that point now. We've been practicing for so long. It's more about getting a lot more mental reps too, because we can't go out there for three hours every day as the season starts. You know, guys got to take care of their bodies and just got to be careful. But 
I think we've had great prep up until this point, great camp. And for me, I've learned a lot and I've gotten a lot better, I think, just taking care of the ball, decision making, knowing the offense. But the more reps I can get, obviously, the better. And that's what I, yeah, obviously, I'd like that. Earlier in the week, offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel spoke with the media and had this exchange with ESPN reporter Mike DiRocco about quarterbacks taking chances. Is he pretty advanced in terms of, for a rookie, attempting throws that maybe some other rookies wouldn't attempt? Am I explaining that right? You know what I mean? Um, because Marvin Jones said that, that sometimes he's made some throws that he was like, whoa, I don't know that another quarterback would have tried that. And, and I know some of those could be stupid attempts, but right. he, does he have the confidence? It's a hard question for me to answer when they had Brett Favre and Matthew Stafford, you know? <laughs> so um, I've, seen, I've seen some crazy throws attempted, you know? Um, but, but I've been really impressed with him, you know, and the time to take the chances and the time to learn what you can get away with is in practice. Uh, we have turned the ball over too many times in practice, but um, that's, if, you're gonna, if we're going to do it and kind of learn the NFL game, I think it's important for him to do it here. And he's shown, I mean, you guys have been out there. He's shown some really special ability with some of those throws. We just got to continue to work on the decisions. Willingness to make those throws, do, or do a lot of rookies not have that? You know what I mean? Is that does he does he have it? You know, I, I think it's really just the I think it's mentality, uh, you know, of the players. I mean, some guys are are looser players and um, will will attempt to try those things, and some of them are are a little bit safer. And I'd rather have it where you know you have that aggressive mentality, and then we can kind of you know pull the reins back a little bit. So I really I mean I really like what what he's been trying to do. Sticking with the quarterbacks, the Jaguars got a camp visit from NBC Sports NFL insider Peter King this week. Early in the offseason, Meyer told King that he could hear the snap of the ball coming out of Lawrence's hand at the Clemson Pro Day and promised to have King out to Jaguars training camp to hear it. I think the one thing about Urban, and, and I mean, look, we have seen a lot of college coaches come into the NFL. And for every Jimmy Johnson, there's a Chip Kelly. You know, there's a there's maybe more there's there's a Steve Spurrier. You know, so honestly, I mean, JP, we just we don't know if it's gonna work. But I do think that in today's football, you need to make sure that you're not just the football coach of the team. That there is a message out there that the players trust that you can give out every day. And I tend to think that if your players trust the coach and trust the coaching staff, you've got a much better chance to win today in today's football. Peter King with us from NBC Sports and Football Morning in America. I saw you out on the practice field earlier in the quarterback huddle. Did you hear the snap of the throw from Trevor Lawrence? That's the well, big question everyone wants an answer. I wish I did, but the problem is music was playing and you couldn't hear yourself think i'm just kidding but the music was too loud and i couldn't hear it but what i what i really took from it is that ball comes out of his hands so beautifully and almost oh it's almost effortless and you know imagine a max scherzer fastball and throwing the fastball without even a grimace, you know? And that's kind of what you notice when you're standing right up next to him and watch him throw a, that was like probably about a 12-yard out to the sidelines. And um, look, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a real interesting experiment here because, you know, we all think it's likely he's going to start the opening game and start this season. But 
you know, you go to camp to camp, you go from camp to camp, and, I mean, there's four quarterbacks here who should be on NFL rosters. I mean, active rosters. I mean, if you think right now, and look, who knows, maybe they end up trading Minshew. I don't know. But if you have to go into a season with C.J. Beathard as your backup, that's pretty good, and Jake Luton as your number three, I mean, that's that's really pretty good. And so I think they're in a good spot at quarterback especially. Uh, but, again, you know, I think the big issue is going to be, and it always is, if you're going to play a young quarterback, I mean, Peyton Manning threw a jillion interceptions when he was a rookie. And you're just going to have to deal with the growing pains. And I think that, you know, I, I still really am interested in seeing if Urban Meyer – is going to do what he says he's going to do, which is I have learned in the the run-up to this that I need to be able to take losing, and I will. I'll be able to take it. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, He's an educated, very, very smart person, so I don't doubt that he is going to be able to deal with it, but I still want to see it also. The full visit with Peter King ran in the first hour of Jaguars Happy Hour Thursday afternoon, available now on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. Coming up on the Public's Tailgate Show Monday afternoon, a conversation with passing game coordinator Brian Schottenheimer, including the first run-through last week with in-game communication between him, Urban Meyer, and Daryl Bevel. It was really clean for the first go-round. Um... You know, normally in a first preseason game, there's, or preseason in general, there's a lot of voices, a lot of people talking, things like that. Uh, but I would say it's very clear. You know, Bev's very calm. Uh, so when it does get a little noisy, it doesn't doesn't bother him. He just kind of waits waits through it. And uh, I thought the quarterbacks did a good job of just kind of getting the information and uh, communicating to the guys. But I would say overall for a first preseason game, it was at least a B-plus, maybe an A-minus. Brian Schottenheimer with us, passing game coordinator. Urban Meyer the other day talked about kind of asking why can't we show certain things in the preseason? You've been in the NFL for a long time. Why can't you show things in the preseason? Why is paranoia so rampant in the NFL? You know, I think everybody's different. You know, philosophically, everybody's different. Um, you know, I, I completely understand what Urban's looking for, what he wants. I think um, uh, as a veteran coach, uh, you can look at it two ways. Sometimes you show too much and you give your opponents the advantage, but uh, we're a believer that uh, we're going to do what we do. Um, not that we'll show everything. We're going to do what we do. Uh, <laughs> See, there have, it is again. Have a little success um, and play well. But, uh, again, the preseason really to evaluate the players. Um, of course you want to have success. You want to score points. You want to light up the scoreboard. You want to protect the football. You know, each, each philosophy is a little bit different, but uh, – uh, there'll be a few tricks uh, left up our sleeve for sure uh, coming into the opener. Initial fan reaction after last week's game centered around the play of the offensive line. No one better to break down the play of the offensive tackles than Jaguars analyst and pride of the Jaguars left tackle Tony Baselli on Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Monday afternoon. I thought the right tackle was just okay at best. I think Juwan Taylor, guys get on the edge. Too much, it's just too close. And in the, in the pockets get squeezed and even the, you make the quarterback uncomfortable. Right. Um, I thought Cam was fine, but he was – I mean, don't forget, these were the backups too. It's not like right. Miles Garrett was out there or like – there was a bunch of backups. Now, you, you, you were blocking some guys that might not even be on the team. 
And so um, I thought Cam was fine. Nothing, but, uh, you know. Now, the story of camp has been Walker Little. Uh, Urban mentioned that AJP was out there that he thought he struggled a little bit with his hands. I thought his hands were terrible. And terrible. Terrible. I thought they were awful. I think Walker, and by the way, I think I've said it here, I think Walker Little will be a good player. I think he has the potential to be a great player. I think he will be a good player. I think we have to be careful of anointing guys after a couple of practices and all of a sudden the media around this place, you know, in this city. Guilty. I mean, start tweeting out that he's like the, you know, some brick wall that's just dominating people. And the practice I've seen, he's been good. And Urban's been effusive in his praise. And he's a young player who's getting better. And he hasn't played a lot of football. He's been out because of, you know, COVID yep, and injuries. Yep. Um, and everything I love about him, he has naturally. He's big. He's powerful. He's a naturally big person. He's not like trying to be big. He's just big. He's athletic, good feet. Um, he's powerful. I thought he ran block very well. Last night, I mean, two nights ago, I thought he's just physical. Mm-hmm. Pass blocking his feet are good. I think he needs to work on his sets. He sets himself up. He makes it harder on himself than he needs to. When you have a three-step drop and you're dropping deep, go get the guy. Go be physical. Um, and I just think his hands were awful. I mean, he just – he's not – he doesn't – like, at times it looks like he doesn't know what to do with his hands. Okay. And they're just low and they're late and he just – and here's the great thing Ricky about Ricky Bobby or something? No, but the great thing about it is – and so I'm not trying to uh, – because I'm a believer. I think he has a potential – I think he has opportunity to be good. I think If I'm a betting man, I would bet money. Walker Little is a starting left tackle for 10 years and is a good player. If I get the right odds, I'll bet money that he's a great player because he has that ability. And one of the things, even as bad as his hands were, like guys would just run into him. And like wouldn't get there, gotcha. Because he's just big and he's powerful, yeah, right. and like and so, which is good. It didn't have to be perfect for him to block the guy. Now again, he might be blocking a guy who's an accountant in two weeks. When we return, defensive talk, including defensive coordinator Joe Cullen dissecting last week's defensive performance. Rookie cornerback Tyson Campbell reviewing a negative play in that Browns game, and a battle is raging at strong safety. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSP, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars broadcast weekend review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And the Daily's Place schedule is heating up Lady A tonight, Friday, August 20th. Chris Tomlin, Carrie Job, and Bethel Music Tour, September 3rd. Rod Wave, September 9th. Sam Hunt, September 10th. Tickets available at dailiesplace.com. And as always, thanks for checking out the official Jaguars podcast network. It's a free subscription on Apple iTunes or Spotify. We have this podcast each Friday. Monday happy hour is rolling now, at least when the Jaguars aren't on Monday Night Football. Happy hour Thursday. Huddle up with Bucky Brooks on Wednesdays. Drive time in the mornings. Give us that five-star rating. Speaking of Jaguars drive time, Thursday morning, Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton got into a wide receiver discussion. We have a new segment for you. On Thursdays, we're innovative, creative, bringing new ideas. It's called This or That. Two scenarios, what do you pick? This or that. 
I'll go first. Great. Going with the wide receiver. It's kind of been my thing lately of training campus. How are they going to decide who gets the last spot in the wide receiver room? Philip Dorsett or Jalen Camp take the seventh wide receiver spot? Because in my eyes, I think the first six are locked in. DJ Chark, Colin Johnson, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, Laquan Treadwell. Got to have a spot for Jamal Agnew. That's six. Seven's a lot. But you got to pick one of these guys, and I think I'm going Philip Dorsett. Do you take the speedy free agent acquisition, or do you take the draft pick? In my mind, Brian, I think Philip Dorsett has shown more. Yeah, camp. well, I mean, look, he's been, he hasn't been practicing consistently until this week. Mm-hmm. Didn't play in the preseason game. Don't know if he will. Uh, but and every time you think I haven't seen much from him, you hear from a coach. You know, you hear a coach saying, no, no, I like him, like his speed, like what he brings. He's a veteran guy. Um, just for the, the, the sake of this other side, I interviewed Jalen Camp for a feature that's going to be up on the website in the next day or two. Um, I liked him a lot. He, you know, confident, smart kid, played at Georgia Tech, came from a uh, triple option offense, which, again, they don't get many opportunities to catch the ball when all you're doing is running. But played in the spread his senior year and did a really nice job. He's absolutely going to be on the practice squad. I think because you've got a couple of big bodies up there, it's harder to find the the, the guy like Dorsett with real speed mm-hmm. um, as opposed to a Jalen Camp. But Jalen Camp's a guy who's worthy of a practice squad and might find his way to the active roster before the season's done. Yeah, I would be stunned if uh, Philip Dorsett's not on the roster. I probably would have, if I was phrasing this question, I probably would have had it Colin Johnson or Jalen Camp. I think Dorsett would be ahead of uh, Treadwell and Johnson from what I've seen and what, and what he's going to bring it, only because of this, Ashley. He's fast, really mm-hmm. fast. And this team, these coaches love speed. They brought him here for a reason. Um, so I definitely think Dorsett makes the team over camp. But I agree with Brian. I think the thing you have to remember about this whole 53-man roster, we get so caught up in it, and I do too. We're going to decide the 53, 16 practice squad guys. Most of these guys we're talking about are also going to be around. It's a 69-man roster mm-hmm. in reality this yeah. year. Yeah, and I catch myself. I was thinking about Colin Johnson, but then you also think he has something that the others don't have, which is that big body. He stands out. So you catch yourself, okay, can you really get rid of that? Absolutely. I don't know. I get stressed about it. I'm not going to lie. Well, you may, keep, you may keep fewer tight ends. You may keep fewer running backs. You may keep fewer defensive backs. You, you find a spot for Agnew if he, as a return man, and they're certainly going to do that. The question mark becomes, do you find for an extra receiver or not? We'll see. We shall see. Moving on to the defense for the Jaguars. And defensive coordinator Joe Cullen spoke with the media early this week, reviewing preseason week one. The effort, the plus two mentality we're talking about, just take a look at the tape. You know, the one thing, we made some mistakes, but we were physical, okay? And we had, you look at the tackle, seven, eight guys on the ball. Every time the run went to the sideline, the one miles there, shoot the next one to the sideline. We had seven, eight black and teal jerseys there, and that was great. Some of the things I'd like to improve on, you know, obviously right before the half, winning that two-minute drill. We go in, we win that drill, we get the ball coming back, now we get out and score, we're winning the game right there. So those are some things. Tackling was pretty good. We had a couple missed tackles on one one play where they had a swing route, the uh, corner missed it, not leverage, but for the most part, the physicality really liked and the effort. Jaguars defensive end Jihad Ward also spoke this week for the first time in training camp. He joined the club this offseason in free agency. His personality shows on social media and certainly on the practice field. Oh, man, listen, there's going to be times where you just don't feel like practicing. You got to have that mindset, man. It's just like, you know what I mean? 
It's, it's just like work. Sometimes you don't feel like going to work, but you got to have fun with this. Live your life. That's why I tell with these rookies, players, you cannot control what's going on up here. You can't. All you can control is this field. So they can run the show. They can have their opinions up here. But let it be known, I control this whole field. And I'm going to do whatever I want. Still learn to do the plays and all that stuff, but I'm going to be me. And I'm going to live my life. And that's how you got to carry it. That's how you got to carry it to the fullest. So on the rare days where maybe you're down, who picks you up? Oh, when I'm down? I'm never down. <laughs> I'm never down. Even if when I'm quiet, it's just like, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm here. You know, I just thank God every, I'm alive, man. I'm alive and um, not not to be negative, but I'm just, I'm just happy to be on this earth. And, and I, I have, I just can't thank God enough. I'm just, I'm here. No, I never used to be in that. See, that's, that's a mental thing. You know what I'm saying? Do all my transactions throughout my NFL career. You know what I'm saying? Of course, all rookies quiet, right? See Trevor, you know what I mean? You see all the Jordans and all that, you see them quiet, but usually it's time to embrace yourself, man. You know what I mean? This stuff is short. You know what I mean? Everybody focused right now. Everybody's in training camp and everybody just, oh, I gotta do what I gotta do. Enjoy it, because that one play can change your life. You know what I'm saying? But I tell people every time, there's no such thing as a 53-man roster. I know this sounds crazy, but there's no such thing. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, you never know. Enjoy it. You, you might can be balling at training camp. Next thing you know, it's a money situation, or they just they, they have their opinions, just like I said earlier. But long as you live it and have fun, you worry about the rest. And then there's 32 teams out there that see your film, and they want you. Just live it, man. You can't, like I said, you can't control what's going on out there. On to the linebacker unit. Second-year linebacker Shaq Quarterman has put together a nice camp so far, and he's risen up the depth chart after the trade of Joe Schobert. The Jags' belief in the depth at linebacker was partially a reason for that trade. Quarterman is also big on the special teams units, and that's a priority for head coach Urban Meyer. Quarterman also is a rarity, though, for the Jaguars, a Jacksonville-area native that plays for the Jags. Micah Ross was one in the early 2000s. Rasheen Mathis, another with a long career with the Jaguars. Quarterman explained his thoughts on it this week. Shaq, you uh, get to run out into TIAA Bank Field when the Jags are home. You grew up in this town. Would you have ever thought that? When you were growing up in this area, that you'd be running out at TIA Bank Field with a Jaguar cat head on your shirt? No, sir. No, sir. You know, when I was younger, I thought it was uh, definitely a possibility. You know, as you get older and you learn more, you're like, well, many teams don't like to draft hometown talent for whatever reason. Maybe it's just the hometown distractions or whatever the case may be. But, you know, definitely having this opportunity has been, you know, at first it was mind blowing and riveting, and now it's just more of a. Um, a responsibility I put on myself, you know, for my friends and family and just fans who watch me play at every level, uh, level from Pop Warner Ball to middle school, you know, it's definitely, uh, it hits different for me. So I, I prepare that way because I got a lot of people in those stands. The full conversation with Shaq Quarterman airs Monday on the Public's Tailgate Show on 1010XL Radio and Jaguar's social media channels. On to the cornerback spot, and last week's game was the debut for second-round draft pick Tyson Campbell. He had a solid outing, except for the touchdown he allowed in the back right corner of the end zone just before halftime. This week, Campbell explained that play and how he worked on it this week. Yeah, when I look back, uh, make sure I continue to lean. And if I look up, making sure I'm not creating my own separation, make sure I lean into the guy. 
So, you know, in my position, you know, things are like that going to happen. Uh, but, you know, I want to make sure that it doesn't happen on a consistent basis. So, you know, I, I, worked, I went over film, uh, did reps in practice uh, this week. Uh, so, getting better from that. On Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks Wednesday afternoon, Bucky Osher and I discussed Campbell's response and skill set. And welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks and two other guys. I'm J.P. Shadrick. <laughs> That's John Osher. Joe Fortunato. No, you didn't do what you need to do the last part. <laughs> just, just stop right there and move on. I like that. Joe Fortunato Brent Reber are also here today. Um, you know, I, I like listening to Tyson Campbell the other day, Bucky, because the guy came up in his prep world in an environment not many guys get to, working and playing under Patrick Sertan, the head coach at American Heritage uh, School down in South Florida. Of course, we all know his teammate, Patrick Sertan II, who made a big play in preseason week one. So he, he understands and I think can articulate very well the position and the mistake he had on that play, the touchdown in the back right corner of the end zone right before halftime. Yeah, I love what he was able to articulate because to me it, it, it shows that he has a clear understanding of what went wrong on the play. He talked about getting his eyes up, being able to identify the ball when it's in flight. Uh, what he did, in my estimation, what messed him up and why he lost separation is when he was running side-by-side side with the receiver, he looked back, but instead of looking up as if the ball is already in flight, he looked back to try and see the quarterback. Well, when you do that, you begin to turn your body, you drift away from the wide receiver that you're trying to pin to the sideline, and as a result, this was a touchdown on a play where he really had outstanding coverage for the entire down. Bucky, wouldn't you rather have the guy who can have the outstanding coverage as a rookie and has to learn the eyes rather than vice versa? Yeah, no, no. I'd rather have the coverage first because I can I can live with a guy who can play sticky coverage. The one thing that I was encouraged by and watching the Jags um, on Saturday night, the coverage was much tighter than it had been previously. They were able to play some man-to-man. Playing man-to-man really allowed them to take away the outside part of the field and it forced the Browns quarterbacks to throw checkdowns. Now, those guys rang up a bunch of completions, and they also strung together some drives. But in most games, the odds are against the team having to live with five- and six-yard passes and runs to sustain a drive long enough to be able to get in the reds on the score. There's another battle raging at strong safety. Four players are listed as co-number ones. One of those, Jared Wilson, who enters season number six. I think everyone has a job to do each and every day, and it's to come out and compete. And I wouldn't say it's different between um, training camps in the past, but the intensity of everything and the details of every single rep counts. And it's a winner and loser of every rep is uh, being taken into consideration in this camp. So it's been fun, and it's been a lot of energy in training camp. On Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Thursday night, Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman and I broke down that strong safety battle. Josh Jones, Jared Wilson, Rudy Ford, Andre Sisco. We heard from Jared Wilson today. Rudy Ford didn't play last week. Uh, Josh Jones did. He's been around the league for a little bit. And Andre Sisco, the rookie, I think, uh, stepped out and played pretty well last week. Who is leading this right now in your eyes, Logs? Uh, well, I mean, if you talk to five different people you might get you know three different opinions for the most part I, I think there are some people that uh, probably like when I say some people I'm sure some of the staff like a Josh Jones he's physical uh, he can play in the box there are some that might like Jared Wilson a nice kind of compliment between a guy that can play in the box and also 
play in space, and he's got a lot of experience. Rudy Ford has played very well in training camp when he's practiced. Cisco has an immense, immense amount of ball skills, which is hard to ignore. And so this is going to be and when, when a lot of times when you see co-starters or you see somebody that might be at number two on the depth chart and there's two guys at number two on the depth chart, some of that stuff can be what I call manufactured. Okay. You're trying to you're trying to give somebody a kick in the rear end and let them know that hey look, you got to get better because we we'll, we're going to put this guy and he's even with you when in reality he's not. But this is real. I mean, these guys are all fairly even when it comes to the ability to be a starter. And I would also say that look, Daniel Thomas could be a consideration. Okay. And maybe he's not in that four-way tie just because he was on the COVID list. But in reality, Daniel Thomas, when he was practicing, he was playing very well. So this is not going to be an easy decision whatsoever. And I think that there's a couple different ways they can go. And I think the best part about this, the competition that's happening there is making that position better for this team. Because guys know if I don't carry or I don't show my abilities and the opportunities that I have, I'm going to fall behind. And it makes guys stay on point. And that's a good thing. It makes teams competitive. It makes the team better. The archives of Jaguars Happy Hour Thursday, Hour 1 and Hour 2, available in the official Jaguars Podcast Network. And remember to subscribe on Apple iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Leave us a comment and a five-star rating. The broadcast schedule for Monday, a 5 o'clock start for the Public's Tailgate Show on 1010XL and 92.5 FM, our flagship stations in Jacksonville. Then at 7 o'clock, the Jaguars Radio Network takes over with Countdown to Kickoff, including visits with Pete Prisco, Fred Taylor, and the final word with head coach Urban Meyer. 810 is the official kickoff time for Monday Night Football, airing on ESPN and WJXT Channel 4 in Jacksonville. After the game, catch Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. We'll have the first word after the game with head coach Urban Meyer. And then it's all followed by the scoreboard show where Mike Dempsey and I will take your calls as always. Enjoy the weekend and thank you for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars broadcast weekend review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. 